0: Amit Ray once said, bringing countries together above their conflicts requires a great mind and great hearts. Keep this in mind, as we discussed today, the ongoing visit of Chinese President Xi to Saudi Arabia and what does it mean for the global geopolitical landscape moving forward. My name is Dr. David Wallalu.
1: And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart.
0: And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict.
2: Chinese President Xi Jinping arrived in Saudi Arabia on Wednesday. And what was on the agenda? To break the long-time U.S. dominance in the region. Chinese President Xi Jinping has arrived in Saudi Arabia. He's there for three days of meetings with regional leaders focused on energy.
1: On a quote, pioneering trip to open a new era of China's relations with the Arab world.
2: The world is a random, meaningless, chaos, or is it? How do some of the best, wealthiest, and most powerful people seem to know what's coming before it happens? Well, one way is that they create the circumstances in their favor, but the other is that they know how to read the world's stage and spot patterns and trends in key areas. They don't get lost in the overwhelm of endless information. They know what's important to pay attention to using their own formulas, and most importantly, they know where to put that information to actually make it usable would you like to be able to do the same thing? Well, we have a course that teaches you to do that exact same thing. It's called No-Nonsense Politics. So if you want the leg up that some of the world's brightest have, as well as an online community of people who think for themselves just like you, check it out. Link in the description box below.
1: No matter how much time passes, the, the geopolitical events just keep getting more and more interesting and intense. Indeed, Russ, that's also a reflection of this
0: changing geopolitical landscape that is going in a a direction many have not anticipated.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah. It was a question towards the end of the last century, believe it or not. What will the 21st century look like, geopolitically speaking? There are those who touched about the economy, about the finances, and so forth. But geopolitically speaking... You will always look at the Middle East as always the hub. Because the Middle East, that's where I really think centers around the Middle East for because one reason. and one Oil reason. and
1: energy. Always yeah, oh, is that the case.
0: Access to energy. Yeah. That's, that's it. That explains our presence there for, well, almost 70 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> Way back. So.
1: Well, what we know is that Saudi Arabia helped the United States win World War II. If it weren't for access to oil, the outcome would
0: have been different. I'm sure you're aware of the historical uh, uh, facts regarding how World War II ended. You know, Japan kind of, because Japan lacked access to energy. This is where the deal was made. In, and I believe, what is it, Malta or Yalta? Awesome. Yeah. When uh, the, the uh, Truman administration at the time uh, met with, or Eisenhower that is, the, it was about the access with the Saudis. That access to the energy paved the way for the relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia even though it was before it started back in the 30s of the last century.
1: You know, it's not like the relationship between Saudi Arabia and the United States has been a nice smooth sail. No. It has been up and down, rocky. A lot of things have gone on.
0: Exactly. Well, this is why in this video we decided to get on this and do it right away to provide you a brief analysis as to what it all means that now President Xi physically went to Saudi Arabia. He's still there, of course. The, by the time you watch this video, he probably would have returned back to China. But what was interesting that it was President Xi's third physical visit after the, this pandemic, the craziness of That tells pandemic.
1: you how significant this was, that Xi would actually leave China to come to Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you got a chance to see the reception he received.
1: Oh, was it impressive. Yeah. Even they gave him an honorary doctorate wow. from the Saudi University. Wow. I so, mean, this was a big deal, I was going to say, yeah. compared to how President Biden was received.
0: Yeah. Now, how does it mean for psychological impact, in your opinion?
1: To which countries? Yeah. Well, what we're seeing is the world is watching this closely. The United States seems to be in a path of losing esteem and power worldwide. And if the American people are paying attention to this, this should be of great concern because it's going to impact how we as Americans live our lives. Exactly Well, I can see the you know, uh, uh,
0: we're not going to be talking about the details of how uh, the visit is and all that that's all good and all that. We're here to provide you an in-depth, brief, in-depth analysis as to what does it mean, what does this trip mean for the future of not only the global geopolitical landscape and economic and financial, but also Saudi-China relations?
1: Well, we know that, the, that Saudi was facing this way. And now... They're facing that way.
0: And I remember I write a book about the Saudis in which I talked mainly about... I devoted a section to the Saudi-China relations.
1: Let me read from your book. Sure. With this in mind, Saudi Arabia considers two main points. First, China's increased presence in the Middle East will significantly shape the region's political and economic landscape. Of course it will. Indeed. Second... China and Iran's rapprochement could and would hinder the KSA's ability to influence, as it once did, the regional affairs of the Middle East.
0: Yeah, that was from the book that I, uh, yeah. uh, I wrote about uh, Saudi Arabia a few years ago. Uh, well, that, that's the way I see it, Ross. The visit by President Xi to uh, Xi, how do you pronounce it? By Xi.
1: That? Xi. Okay. To make sure. I've we... heard him say it. And so, yeah, so that's well, how you, he pronounces it. Well, you
0: know how to pronounce the, the, the Chinese character, I don't. So, so uh, okay. but the way I look at it is the idea of how this is a reflection now of that changing uh, global order.
1: Absolutely, because that's
0: the way I look at it. It is my belief, and this is my personal opinion, uh, it is my belief that the Saudis do not want to be left behind. So, they are realizing that the United States is shifting its attention from the Middle East into Asia, mainly China. Yes. And we're going to do a video about the U.S. defense budget and what it means. And this is why I believe the Saudis realizing if this shift from the U.S. towards Asia, that means also from an economic perspective that the Saudis do not want to be left behind, given how China is one of the top oil importers from the kingdom.
1: When President Biden... Yeah. was running for office, mm-hmm. he denounced Saudi Arabia for the murder of somebody.
0: Yeah, of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the journalist, right. the Washington Post.
1: And essentially said, we'll settle with those evildoers. Well, how do you think that landed yeah, yeah. When the, when the, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? Yeah, they didn't like that. Yeah, And I think that they, they really resented it deeply.
0: Yeah.
1: And when Biden was there to beg for oil, not only did he, was he in a weak position but it also made these ridiculous pronouncements about how he's going to level up and make justice occur no. in Saudi Arabia. How ridiculous can this be?
0: Yeah. And this is why I believe the is also thinking in terms of uh, the shift into the financial sector. What do I mean by this? Because it's very important. Because Saudi Arabia wants to join BRICS. Yes. Brazil, Russia, China, India, and South Africa. And if you know anything about this, you know that those countries are amassing... Uh, gold It's because the Saudis usually use the petrodollar. Yeah, and to me personally and this is my personal opinion It's an indication of that the Saudis is gonna get rid of the petrodollar and use something else
1: like much of the rest of the yeah. world
0: uh, Well mainly in the global South. Those yeah, mainly. but let me just make one thing clear here when I say they're gonna get rid of the petrodollar that's only within the oil transactions the Saudis will still maintain the U.S. dollar in other aspects, like, for example, when they purchase U.S. weapons. How do they pay for it? By the dollar. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's going to go, but an indication is is going into that direction. That's well, what I see. The and Saudis. they
1: certainly have enough U.S. dollars. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, because, really...
0: because the Saudis, I was lucky to see the amount of gold, how much gold the Saudis have in the United States. I saw it with my own eyes. Wow. It was massive. It was massive. So here's the other thing that we need to take into consideration just for you to understand uh, uh, is that with this visit, she, one with his delegation also, what well, they signed some deals. A lot of them. Yeah, the ones that I'm familiar with the agreement, they reached about $30 billion. But that's not where the interest is in this. The interest in that Saudis now agreed that they will allow Huawei to build the Technological infrastructure in the kingdom. the class. <laughs> so you can just see what it means, and and also because they want they both Saudi Arabia and China want to cement the relationship regarding energy.
1: Well, certainly seems that they're doing it. I, I think so. I think that, I think they've just done it.
0: Yeah, and, and they're moving forward with this one, uh, and this also explains for us why. Uh, presidency uh, attended the summit of the uh, the GCC. It's called the, the Gulf Cooperation Council. The GCC; those are countries in the Gulf. Yeah. And if they all share one thing in common, is energy. <laughs> they have. A lot and of, are
1: they loaded with it? Yeah, they
0: have a lot of oil and all that. But also they, because they understand when it comes down to China regarding infrastructure. Chinese tends to be good at this. You know, oh, they, you aren't let's, kidding. Let's just face it. You know they can uh, uh, build the stuff, the infrastructure that they needed. Well, the Saudi Arabia is more interested in this because of what the Crown Prince in BS. His interest in building
1: the future
0: city of Neom.
1: You know the, the price tag that they put on that is five hundred billion, billion dollars, yeah. and they want the Chinese help in putting that thing together.
0: Yeah, I don't know whether he's succeeded or not, because given the rift that exists between the MBS and the CIA, and if you become an enemy of the CIA, you all know what it means, yep. right? <laughs> so, because it was never a good relationship there, the, the center, on, as someone who worked in Washington, and I understand this kind of dynamics, the Central Intelligence Agency has always a good relationship with Prince Naif, the one who was removed from the line of succession. So, in the U.S., they don't favor this young guy. And because, if, it's not if, but when he takes over after the passing of his father, King Salman, you'll be looking at this current prince becoming a king for the next five or six or even seven decades.
1: It spells a bad relationship between the United States exactly. and the Saudis.
0: Exactly. Uh, but at this point, what the Saudi is looking for is looking to make a statement on the global stage. That's the way I look at it, because there is another factor we have to consider, and the other factor is this: is that China has also close relationship to Iran, and if you know anything about the history, this is why I, when I wrote this book, I detailed as far as the tensions between Iran and Saudi Arabia, because that dated back. Thousands of years way back uh, That's why we didn't understand the Middle East how it operates.
1: You know, we, we've spent decades looking at history and how people don't forgive these past sins
0: uh, No, no, they they, do,
1: they carry them generationally into You're guilty because you're them. Hold it. I wasn't alive when all that happened. It doesn't matter.
0: Exactly,
1: you're accountable for the sins of your grandfather. Yeah, absolutely correct. So,
0: now there is another aspect that some analysts have argued uh, that uh, President Xi wants to improve his global profile, his image. You know, of course, there is that debate in the West as to China is going to take over the world. <laughs> so, uh, uh, something I don't subscribe to that notion is, but there is some questions that have emerged recently. As to, for example, with the what's going on in China regarding the zero COVID policy. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, the government is backing, Chinese government, that is, is backing down after the massive protest that's been taken in China. So, could this explain, and again, those are my personal opinions here, could this explain the concern that she had about the domestic uprising against his rule? Possibly, possibly not. So... And I am in the process of looking into the structure of the Politburo, the individuals there, uh, because I need to look at for some specific information. And I have my own contacts, Mm. as you know, and I'll uh, we'll talk about this at some point. But in in any event, that's what President Xi, by visiting a country like Saudi Arabia, erase his global profile.
1: You know, you look historically at China, Mm -hmm. and we certainly have done that, Mm -hmm. and they don't have this expansionist policy of going out and conquering the world. They just don't have it in their history, and they seem to not have it as any desirable thing that they want. Now, the the Belt and Road Initiative is going after resources and business. That is not owning territory. That's true. And this is where, uh, when
0: you think about this visit, you have to think about it in terms of not only the strengthening ties between uh, China and Saudi Arabia but also you have to think about it in terms of how Saudi Arabia and China we both can contribute to the shifting of the geopolitical world. because you look at it you know uh, if and, I, and I've talked about this before in previous video it's not if but when Saudi Arabia joined BRICS who's in BRICS Brazil, Russia, China, India, and South Africa. Well, Russia, what what do they have? What does Saudi Arabia and Russia have in common? Energy. Top oil producers. But within BRICS also, you have China and India. What do they share in common? Large global markets. (laughs) So you can just see. So for Saudi Arabia joining the BRICS, it will make perfect sense economically speaking, but it will also have an impact on the global financial system.
1: It's inevitable because of how things are rolling out. You know, we look at trends and patterns. Well, what are we looking at? Here's the pattern. And that's exactly what
0: we talk uh, about in our course, how to identify those patterns. Yes. How to spot them because spotting the patterns and understand them will allow you to understand. Like in this case, the visit of President Xi gives you an indication as to what lies ahead not only regarding the Saudi-Chinese relations, but also the global geopolitical order. That's the way the way I see it. So, there is the other aspect that we need to consider, where uh, Saudi Arabia is going to be investing economically. You know, this is where that shift comes in. The Saudi is probably at a crossroads right now in thinking, in thinking in terms of do we invest in the West or do we invest in the East.
1: What an important consideration. Yeah, yeah. We know that they have major lobbying interests in the United States and have a heavy impact on what the, our Congress does. We also know that they've built, they're the ones who built the refineries, correct? Uh, they built ones in China, brand new.
0: But when they were asked to update the one in, in the United States, they turned it
1: down. I think that's part of the trend and the pattern. Oh, I wonder. Hmm. Exactly.
0: It's because. The United States depends on Saudi oil. That's the whole relationship between Saudi Arabia and the United States is built on energy for security. So Saudis falls under the U.S. umbrella.
1: Security. I wonder if it would be a, a, a false conclusion mm-hmm. that the, the Saudis are considering spending sending a whole lot of their petroleum to other places, and they're not going to... Or update anything in the united states because they see a declining market i don't know if that's true or not it sort of fits the pattern though
0: well if it it's the pattern because it's uh, it's aligned with where the saudis wants to be yeah you think about it like you think about these geopolitical trends it's like a train do the saudis wants to get on on that train or they're gonna be left behind once that train takes off And that is exactly the way I see it going. They want to get on on that train before it's too late. This is why you see in Qatar. Oh, yeah. Qatar. I had a a, a viewer spelled out for me. He said, this is how we pronounce it. Thank you. (laughs) So Qatar, the country of Qatar, where they have the World Cup right now. So what, what Qatar ended up doing is they sign a 27-year deal with China. You see the trends where things are headed, and that Saudis do not want to be left behind.
1: When you take a look at, at current events, you look at 27 years, that's a long time. That's a big commitment.
0: Yeah, that's why I remember talking about this one. Qatar decided to ignore the EU, the European Union, when they asked them, even though Qatar has a deal with Germany alone. For 15 years. But the deal wasn't with the EU as a whole. It was only with one country. Oh, how So you elderly. can just see. Yeah, yeah it makes, it's a business decision, Ross. I mean, won't you do it if you are the head of a country thinking about the welfare of your nation?
1: And you start adding these pieces up for patterns and trends. What does it say about the European Union when Germany has its own separate energy deal? Yeah. Just, some, just a data point to put in the system to be considering.
0: Well, this is why. And we're gonna do a video about the visit of the, uh, pre- the, the president of the European Council oh, yeah. to China. Why did he go to China, but not the US? Once again, you see where the trends are headed. So, so this is what we wanted to share with you. Any final thoughts, Ross, before we
1: I, sign I off we, here? I think we've done so much already.
0: <laughs> well, good. We hope you find this informative. And as always, prepare yourself for changing world order. Till next time. Bye-bye.